to Basecamp for Men. I'm your host, Tony Rezac. This is the show that gives you insights and resources on how to live a more courageous life. We'll be looking at men, the current state of masculinity, and how to create a more inspiring narrative for all men. Welcome, and let's get started. If you're going to study human potential, sooner or later, you're likely to come to the realization that how most of us typically use language is haphazard at best. And when you get around real masters in the use of language, I'm talking about people like Tony Robbins or Sophie McLean. She's the former Landmark Forum leader who's been on my show a couple of times. You really see the difference between how masters operate and the layperson. The layperson will often create from a disempowering context and not even realize he or she is doing this. You can hear it in the way they express life. Sometimes it's a cynicism about the world or you sense a sort of resignation or victim mentality in how they habitually express themselves. What makes this problematic is that most of us don't know we're doing this. We think we're just expressing a fleeting frustration or excuse, never suspecting that we're doing it most of the time or the ways that we habitually gossip or perpetrate against the so-called others in our lives. We don't suspect our language tells more of a story about us than we would ever suspect. Are you following me? My guest today is someone who has made language his lifelong study. His books and programs are the fruits of this study and extremely beneficial for humanity. I hope you enjoy the interview. Robert Stevens is an author and teacher who discovered what he now calls conscious language in 1968 while doing an independent study on the Hopi language. He is the founder of Mastery Systems International and Mastery Systems Online University, focusing on awakening our masterful selves through many proprietary conscious human operating system upgrades. Here is my interview with Robert Stevens. All right, I am here with Robert Stevens, author, thought leader, teacher, and workshop leader, Robert Stevens. Robert, welcome to Basecamp for Men. It is great to have you on the show. Thanks for inviting me. Yeah, you know, I got I had a guest that recommended your excellent book. I know you wrote it a while back. What year did you write Conscious Language? Uh, good question. Uh, long time ago, right? Well, it, yeah. it it came across it came across as a recommendation from a guest I had on a while back. It's called Conscious Language: The Logos of Now, and I picked it up and I immediately fell in love with it. There's just so many great tools and and insights in there about language, which we're going to talk about today. But my first question, I guess, is what is logos? When you say when you use it in the title, the logos of now, what is what is your definition of logos? That's a tricky word because I put it in there because it means so many things. So it could be mm. universe, it could be Christ, it could be the word, it could be agreement, it could be specificity, it could mm. be success. And, and to me, it's a cosmic word, one that somebody gets or I get to contemplate. Mm. So for me, the logos um, is our higher manifested self. I'm going to call it maybe anointed for some, whatever. Right. So that's what that's why I used it. It was one of those words that I almost had to expand to even understand the beginning of the word. And it, you know, it continues on. So, yeah, yeah, that's great. That's great. You know, I, my sense is people, they do not understand, you know, that I think collectively humanity, we have leaders like you showing the power of language, but my sense is most people use language in, in an unconscious way, in a haphazard way. In fact, I was even doing it with you before this call as you were, as you were coaching me on, on the way I was using language. Um, and so 
whenever I come across somebody that's got a really clear and concise and and uh, elevated way of using language, I'm always attracted to it because I think there's something there that humanity right now is, uh, you know, we're on the verge of learning or it's from thought leaders like yourself that we're starting to like realize, wait, we've been really sloppy and lazy with our language, not to judge humanity or judge people, but we've been sort of given, I guess what I'm saying is most people don't understand how powerful language is. If they did, they would treat it with more care is my sense. So I'm hoping this, this episode sort of brings awareness to your work and to that sort of notion. Um, and what, I guess my, my first question is what is the context you use for language? Is that, is that, and, and what was kind of the aha that had you kind of, uh, come to this, like making language and the use of language, your life's work. <laughs> so I, I think I've been a wordsmith my entire life. I mean, mm. you know, not that I knew that back then, but I always loved the play on words. Mm. Um, so that's number one. Number two, gosh, I mean, um, I studied the Hopi, where I really got this is in the book. I studied the Hopi language in 1968, my second year in college, yeah. did an independent study with a professor, long story, somebody can read it, it's a longer, longer conversation. But in studying the Hopi language back then, Vietnam War, every, most of my friends and people I knew were fighting against fighting. And I just I just now I would say, well, that doesn't make sense. But back right, then I right. didn't like it. And and then I found the Hopi Indians and the Hopi, uh, the word Hopi means peace. And they had over five in their recorded history, over 5000 years of peace. So I did this independent study. The guy invited me. Hey, what would you like to write about? I said, Hopi Indians. Well, he happens to have one book on his desk. It's Language, Thought and Reality by Benjamin Lee Wharf. One book on his desk, hands it to me. Well, study the Hopi language. I, said, I don't think so. Those are really big words. Anyway. So I did study the language. It's not about Hopi conscious language. It's about our language shapes our thought, which shapes our reality. And Worf, who was the author, was uh, an engineer, hmm. not a linguist. And so yeah. if anybody would read, you know, I've got a, some things in my book and read Language, Thought, and Reality by Worf. But it literally, I couldn't write my thesis on it to get my four credit hours of A. I mean, I... I did quotes, but my book is my thesis. It only took me a couple decades to write yeah. my thesis. And what I realized is, uh, you know, when, when Worf would say that the, the Hopi language does not contain space or time at all. And I'm going, what are you talking about? Mm -hmm. And so for me, I was, I could, or I was over there yesterday. So if I had that thought of, I was past tense, space and time over there, space, time, space. So all of our reality, that's a big statement, Mo many of our realities, uh, instead of aboriginals, et cetera, have been living in a time-space continuum, which is now in science we're realizing doesn't exist. Uh. And so that's what, the, in, in other words, la conscious language, the logos of now, the something, whatever the word is of now, is what conscious language is. And so... For me, what got me started after doing this report on and reading about the Hopi language, because I always loved the Hopi, they were about peace and not about fighting against war. I realized, and from that moment on, 68 on, I w started waking up to what we were saying, what I was saying, and realizing, man, I'm, I've been in this space-time continuum, and mm. what about finding the language of now? What about yeah. me speaking what is now? that kind of stuff. So they, I didn't, I didn't realize the Hopi and maybe uh, 
many of the uh, native languages don't use time at all. Is that correct? Is it all just present moment uh, oriented? I wouldn't group it like that. And I haven't studied like Lakota. Many of the Native Americans, we've got a lot of Native American. I'm I'm part Native American. Even if you looked at me, I don't look at I'm pretty much Norwegian as far as my genetics. But my dad was part Native American and I make up that that did something for me. Mm -hmm. And anyway, long story short, the Hopi are the the ones that I know in the study of wharf, not in, I love the Hopi, Book of Hopi. I loved all this stuff, went to Hopi land, did all that stuff early in uh, my my life. And I didn't really get at all language until I studied wharf. Mm. And so, you know, I do not know about all the other languages. Well, all I can say is by reading wharf, I shifted my, or started to shift my consciousness. Got it, got it. You know, you, you mentioned, uh, Babel, the Tower of Babel, uh, which is a, a biblical story. Um, and I had come across it, you know, I hadn't done necessarily a deep dive in uh, biblical studies, but I've done a lot of, oh, nosing around in all kinds of esoterica, uh, Eastern traditions, Eastern wisdom traditions, Egypt, Greece. I mean, I'm, I've just been a, a hound dog for myth and stories and and Joseph Campbell and all this stuff. And Tower of Babel would come. Tower of Babel would come up from time to time, uh, and I would, you know, click on something that would have a commentary or an essay on it. And and you know, uh, what I what I came away from, I, I don't have a deep understanding of it. You mentioned it quite a bit in your book, which I was really enjoying. Is that you know, language was con- was confused, was was splintered by God to confuse, uh, and. I always thought that was really interesting. It, it, and it, and it, you know, I, I was like, why do we speak so many different languages? And what are the metaphorical implications of the Tower of Babel? Are we still, you know, other than we all speak different languages, is there a lot of the writers and, and thinkers would say there's so many meanings to this. And I think that you were starting to get your finger on some of them, but I wanted to get, give you a chance to answer what is, what does the Tower of Babel represent for you now um, and you know, how do we, how are we still seeing the impact today? I'm going to give you a little bit of history. I use scripture, uh, as quantum physics, not as religion. Many people go, Oh my God, scripture, religion. No, yeah, yeah. no that's not the way I use it. And yep. not pro or con, just, I don't use it that way at all. And okay. if anybody was with me in a class, they go, yeah, he doesn't. All right. So, yep. um, uh, so supposedly the humanity at the time of the writing of the Bible, hmm. at least this version of the Bible, were making a tower for themselves for fear they'd be cast around the world without a name. Mm. And so it, the edict was, then the statement in scripture is, we had better confuse their language for there is not anything they cannot do. And I always go, who's the we? Mm-hmm. And to me, it's, we all, I, I believe we're all eternal glorious beings of light. That's my take on it. And we come to earth. And so if we, And then I go back to Adam and Eve. If we ate from the fruit of the tree, these are metaphors now. If we ate from the fruit of the tree of the knowledge or thinking of right and wrong, Mm -hmm. we fall from grace or union and become embarrassed. Interesting word. Yeah. (laughs) And so, and then we have to figure out how to hide our embarrassment or shame, blame, guilt. Yeah. So to me, it's like, all right, as an eternal being of light, we've all come to earth. 
E-A-R-T, H-E-A-R-T, maybe write it there, Mm -hmm. to remember not to create with good and bad, right and wrong, you and me, shame, blame, and guilt, to only create in love. And so my next little piece on that is, this is four and a half decades ago, when, when I saw the human body through electron microscope, the reports of it, and then I saw the Hubble especially the new Hubble now, Mm -hmm. what I'm looking at inside the body microscopically in the Hubble is the same exact thing. And I started to realize every human being is a universe in training. And look at the universe is one word or one song, universe. Mm -hmm. And so, wow. So it's to me, every one of us came here, went through the same like holodeck experience And forgot who we were, had a confused language. And scripture says it this way, not religion. It says, we had better, again, confuse their language for there is not anything they cannot do. What? Yeah. And scripture says, I'll write you in parable and no other way will I write to you. So we had better confuse their language. Got it? Babel means confusion. Mm -hmm. And that this statement of for there is not anything they cannot do is the only way I can get that because it's a double, triple negative is to contemplate it like a parable. Yeah. So the only place in the Bible when I found it, I found it not that long ago, 20 years ago, I found it. Zephaniah 3, 9, I didn't do all the memory of scripture because somebody memorized the whole Bible and yet, in my view, didn't have a spiritual understanding. So I said, I'm not doing that. But yeah. Zephaniah 3, 9, when I found it, it says, I will return to you pure speech. I'm saying that's I am that I am, will return to you. That means perception of separation from me. So every one of us, like our great self, will return to our little self, pure speech. And the one book I have, it's the only one translation I've got it, that, I mean, I've got many, many, but the one that I love is where it simply says, and I'll read, I'll, I'll do it again. It says, I will return to you, pure speech, where, when you call upon the name of the Lord, I, which is I am, in unison, unison, one son or in alignment, and it shall be done unto you. And I used that for years. I taught it for years. And then I realized, wait a minute, I am that I am will return to me, my perception of separation, pure speech, which is the language of my heart, which is already operational. It's installed in every one of us. It's the app in our heart, so to speak. Mm -hmm. And where, and then I realized where, oh, right here, when, right now. So that was the collapsing of the space and time. Mm -hmm. So anyway, so that so for me now, I'm I, like language is either defining separation or defining union or mm-hmm. working on a process. We don't have to have process. We can have instantaneous manifestation. I love so, it. I love it. You know, when you were saying that, my one question as a Gnostic, I guess it kind of came up. It's like, who is the group of beings who are confusing us to keep us from realizing who we really are. They don't. There sound, is, they, they, I, can, they, I can shorten that question. No, wait, wait, wait. They don't okay. sound, they don't sound very pro humanity to me. I'll just put it, leave it at that. So yeah, go ahead. There is no, they, okay. We did it. Mm. And that sound, mm, that sound, I have this little thing right here. <laughs> so uh, it's a common, mm, that's our me self inside that goes, mm. And so, I mean, do you get a scripture? Maybe if we are not one, if you are not one, you are not mine. So for me, and I did, my study was very similar to yours, almost identical. I mean, it could, I could have used your words to describe a lot of my Eastern, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, study. And so what I now realize is there is nobody outside of me. 
Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And my creator is right inside of me. So again, we've had a, a language of separation and death. Yeah. You know, I want, I need, I should, I can, I feel like if you could, I, I would, if I could. And then we can I, we shift over going, I am that I am. Mm-hmm. Mm. So I believe there's nobody, you know, we had better confuse their language. I believe that's every one of our great selves going, when you come to earth, you're going to get a confused babble language and it's going to be right and wrong and good and evil. And your job is to transcend the good and evil and only love does that. Mm -hmm. Wow. And then create with love instead of create with good or bad or right or wrong or my way's better than yours or whatever. Yeah, that's really great. I mean, I think in my, for me, in my most, uh, I don't even want to say enlightened moments, but just when I'm, when I'm really clear, uh, there's a, there's a deep sort of, there's only one of us here understanding, you know, I mean, like there's nobody over there. I think, I think right now in our country, you know, there's a lot of over there in the language and I have to watch my own way of languaging things, but I can still stop short of there isn't anybody doing anything to us or there isn't, you know, this deep state, you know, I mean, there's a lot of ways to phrase it where you separate the one and say the bad guys are over there or they did this to us, which is kind of a victim language. Um, So I I appreciate you pointing out that there isn't anything over there getting us. (laughs) You know what I mean? So, Or, Or there is if we agree there is. Right, right. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it yeah, seems yeah. to be it seems to be a cosmic game that we're figuring out little by little. Yes, sir. <laughs> I, I, think, I think I think that uh, we're awakening rapidly to the all the things that you mentioned at the first part of this talk, which is that we are divinity itself. We are the light. We carry it. The Christ consciousness is in us. There isn't a separation over there. And we keep getting distracted by the show that keeps saying, well, what about me? What about me? I'm over in Ukraine. What about this? What about the liberals? And and, and so we we keep sort of, it's, it's a test almost to see, are we going to bite on the separation? And once we don't bite any longer, and I can sense that you don't really go there, right? You're just, you're, you, you, you've got it locked in. I think I still go one foot in, one foot out. My best moments, I'm super clear. I'm helping somebody see the unity. And other times I might be going, you know, and so uh, I'm, I'm moving towards it in, in the, in as much speed as I can in the here and now. I don't know if that makes sense. But. Well, and I'm just going to invite you and me to, to a little bit different focus. My job, what I've learned is to speak only what I choose to have come into manifestation now and continuously. So if I were saying, you know, I'm not there, I'm in and out, in and out, I can say I choose to be fully consistently in my aware agreement, unified consciousness. Mm. So, and I always say, always leave on the screen what we choose to have resonate forever. So I taught this to my kids when they might say, um, you know, I don't feel well. And then we share with them, that's okay to say that. And then say, I choose help. And they say, all right, I don't feel well. I choose health, but I don't feel well. And we would say, that's okay. 
and remember to leave what you choose on the screen. So it's instead of I don't feel well, I choose to feel well, I don't feel well. It's how about I don't feel well and I choose health. Um, I choose my health and leave that on the screen. Miracles happen so fast leave, that way. Leave it on the screen means it's the last thing. You don't you yes. don't end, you don't end with one of the disempowering thoughts. You end with or you would, or yeah. I would reverse that. We end with the empowering thoughts. Yeah, yeah, I get you. Okay, that's great. And you know, you one of the things I really appreciated about the book was all the examples. You really did a brilliant job of sort of showing all of the patterns that we can get stuck in uh, and, and what those look like. I think that is super valuable. I've done a fair amount of work in this language realm, not to the extent that you have, but um, enough to know, well, some of those I... I don't do it all, but there's still some that's on my edge where I'm like, oh, you know what? You still, you still language over here on this unconscious side a little bit. And I wanted to walk through some that I see both in myself and the people around me and just have you kind of comment on uh, maybe the, the other side of it. So what, so the first one I'll, I picked out was struggle. I see that and hear that quite a bit, how hard things are. And we just got to get through this. And, uh, you know, we're all in this together, but you can kind of sense in the language that there's this kind of resignation and just this fatigue around uh, life. And so what, what would be a different way to frame that if somebody, if you hear or catch yourself saying, oh my God, it's, you know, it's really hard right now, or it's a big challenge right now, or whatever language people are using, but underneath it, you can sense they're kind of got this chronic struggle going on. Uh, and I'm just laughing because <clears throat> this is exact. We come up with the same thing. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's so. One of the things is um, I ask everyone to play 125 percent whenever they're in classes with me, mm-hmm. the, which means show up more because we're, we're ever expanding frequency. I call it the velocity of love. Mm-hmm. So and the next thing is I choose to make this fun and easy. So right in the middle of struggle, mm-hmm. if we really knew that words shape frequency and vibration, decree a thing and it shall be established unto you. By your words, you shall be justified. And by your words, you shall be condemned. A man or woman who offendeth not in word, the same as a perfect person and able to bridle the whole body. That's perfect for rice arona. Mm. I mean, you know, again, the viral thing is all, it's not alive. It's operating according to the frequencies, which are thought were feeling patterns in our DNA. Mm -hmm. So when somebody goes, I choose to make this fun and easy. And then we would add a couple of steps. Now that this is fun and easy and we wake up, we walk through the door, the open door that no man can shut into imagining or at least putting our direction on this is fun and this is easy. So that's the struggle one is this is fun and this is easy. Or I choose if that's too big, I choose to make this fun and easy. Okay. How about another one? How about I hear settling, making do um, and and packaged as sort of... uh, you know, I'm compromising, but I'm not upset about it. In other words, I really wanted to create this. I didn't. So I'm, I'm settling. I'm making do with this. I'm making lemonade out of lemons or whatever. I, I hear that. And it's kind of spun as a, as a, you know, it's my best move, but is it really the best move in a language? Well, I'm, I'm going to take best out of it. And then, uh, yeah. because again, that's vague, but let, let's put it this way. When, I'll give you some of the quote unquote rules or laws that I found to be true, not mm-hmm. that they're just facts. Mm-hmm. Anything less than a highest choice contains within itself sabotage. So the next is if I go, I failed, is that true? Or did I discover another way that doesn't work? Yes, that's true. 
Okay. And the next thing is their scriptural statement on it. Again, I don't, I don't use this religion. I'm saying this is like so cleanly stated. This is quantum physics. Anything less than my highest choice contains self-sabotage is built from he or she who seek to save their life, lose it. So if I have goal number one, plan A, and I'm willing to step away from my plan A because it didn't work the first time and go to plan B, I start to diminish or lose my life or my life force or my dream. Mm -hmm. So I recommend if everyone can just say, look, why would we talk ourselves out of our highest choice? It's because we forgot who we were. Got it. So I invite, and much of this is a big upgrade. I mean, this is not just a, oh, say it right. There's no right to this at all. This mm-hmm. is a complete rebuilding of our inner world. And, it, and instead of learning it, I, I share with everyone, you're not going to learn what's true. You're going to remember it because you're built by what's pure. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So again, so that, uh, and ta- again, what I say is if we pick a goal that's doable, reasonable, and possible, we're usually failing. If my heart says my goal is X, Y, and Z, and I go, well, that's too big. I'm going to do, you know, one half X, one half a Y, and one half a Z. I have now pulled myself out of my great self, and I have talked myself into usually the socialized pressure of less than my full potential, which means I have to defeat my full potential, my glorious I am that I am to live. And notice most people think it's going to be easier to take a, a less stringent goal no it's not right right you know you you said in 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 the book you wrote in the book uh, you talked about cold communication uh and that underneath that there's often old hurts this one really jumped out at me because my sense right now especially there is a lot of cold communication uh amongst family members who don't agree with choices that were made during the pandemic um, there's there's maybe some resentment and some and some things that are that are causing cold communication. What's what's your coaching on that? How how does somebody, if they sense in their in their constellation of family and close friends, there's been some cold communication. There's been some things where uh, they're not they're, the the affinity for one another has been broken. What is your what is your remedy or what is your coaching around that? And you're saying cold, like C-O-L-D, is that correct? Yeah, yeah, cold communication. In other words, uh, there's no war- There's no more warmth in the communication. There's no affinity anymore. All right, so I'm going to say reactive communication because cold is not part of my own vernacular. So, But am I cool if I say they're reacting versus... Yeah, I took the cold communication out of your book, so you said it back okay. then, but it's evolved, so let's just... Yeah, but, yeah, I mean, that was so long ago. That was yeah, 45 I, lifetimes ago. All right. I get it. I didn't make it up, yeah. though. I'm just telling yeah, you. Yeah, I got you. I believe that. It's like, what? I said that? All right. Mm-hmm. I, I believe you. It's just like, oh, okay. So, yep. all right, the Bob back then. Anyway, so cold... Um, I'm going to just do it in the idea that um, I, I'm, we've progressed so far. So I'll just give it to you this way, that one, um, there is nobody outside of us. So if we go, you did it wrong, family, because of COVID or whatever, and this is right or whatever. What I the, the saving grace I've discovered is to vote victory. Mm-hmm. And so the way I do it is say, I am, as I am that I am, I am my own first have to start with me. Each one does. I am my own permanent victory in the light. And then for every family, if everybody will start doing this, you don't have to say anything, you're doing it. You just do it. You will see miracles happen. 
I mean, I have hundreds of thousands of examples of this. I mean, thousands in my own experience and hundreds of thousands of examples with others. Mm -hmm. So I am my own permanent victory in the light. And Tony, I am your, you don't have to respond. I am your permanent victory in the light. So when I say I am your, Tony, your permanent victory in the light, I'm not making a request. Got it. I am actually saying I am your victory in the light. Mm -hmm. And when we put this together, it's phenomenal. That's fantastic. Um, you know, there's one, there was one topic that I was wanting to ask you about, uh, that I want to ask you about, and that's health challenges. Um, how would you, I'm, I have a wide group of community that I'm in interactions with and, um, you know, some, there, there was a little bit of a divide. I'm just going to use that language to, to state what was going on. I know that we're saying there's a, there's a narrative where there is no divide. Uh, but there's people that I know in my community who are concerned for their health because they're starting, there's some buyer's remorse, let's say, on taking the vaccine. They, right. they, yep. there's, a, there's, yep. a lot, there's a lot of information coming out that when they got the information the first time, it was from their crazy brother who's like all into the quote unquote conspiracy theory. So they're like, well, I don't know if I should trust John with this information when my doctor's saying, just get it. Well, now fast forward, they know people that are having injuries or they're like, you know, I know a lot of people in alternative health and they're like, we're getting all kinds of people coming in going, I don't feel right. I can't feel the side of my body. Something's going on. And what would be a really empowering way for them to step into a language? Cause right now I think the language is, uh Oh, I yep. screwed, I screwed up. Uh, I'm irreparable. Like I can't reverse this. I did this. I don't know what's going on. I won't get it again, but um, what is this doing to me? And I think there's a lot of fear and I have a feeling the narrative and the language being used is not conscious language. So what, what, we're, what are you seeing in your community around this and what's something, a resource or a way of framing it where people can be more uplifted uh, if they feel like they made a big mistake, let's say. Well, for, I'm on that page with you. So I just yeah. completed a book called My Word Made Flesh. I just came out with a version two. It says My Word Made Flesh version two brand neutral. Mm -hmm. So what I'm going to share with everyone is go study Dr. Emoto's work on Mm -hmm. language, water, I love you, I bless you, I thank you, and taking, you know, frozen water, take a picture of the crystal, take a look at this, the most toxic water he could find, and then blessing the water, basically and simply going, water, I love you, I bless you, I thank you. I'm talking about irradiated water, everything you can possibly think of. This is typical. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And then... So, and, and uh, me too on this thing. So many people go, you know, I need to know what to do because I'm working with people who've done that vaccine. And so I'm getting, no, again, vaccine. I love you. I bless you. I thank you. The power of language is senior over any other error. Yeah. So what somebody might do is say, first of all, I forgive myself for getting whatever. Yep. Second of all, I forgive the humanity that came up with this thing, mm-hmm. including rice is what I call it. Yep. And then then three saying, and I use certain words, so I ask everybody if it doesn't fit for you, do something else. Just this is what I use. I I say and I, and to get a decree, my book, uh, the book of my uh, my word made flesh version two is you know we're in second printing. It's going to ship in a, probably ten days. 
So the whole book is about what's your body signal? Well, here's the question going on. Here's the decree. They work every single time if somebody will feel the me, their me self, the meaning in each word deeply enough. What? In other words, decree a thing and it shall be established unto you. How, what does that mean? Well, I said it didn't happen. Wait, you say it until you feel the meaning in each word is how this works. Mm -hmm. So now let's build virus just for a second. A virus is, again, we uh, so many articles and tests and whatever that language can program or influence our DNA. Got that. Yep. And then uh, they found out, I mean, this is where all the study that has really helped me understand this stuff. So a virus is not alive. A virus is something that I'm going to keep it simple because that's the way I understand it, is something that encodes or operates or agrees or interacts with RNA or and or RNA DNA or et cetera. In other words, it's got to have a connecting point in the RNA DNA material, which are thought word emotional patterns. Yep. So yep. let's say somebody has done the vaccine. Mm -hmm. And they're having challenges. Well, first of all, you got to bless that sucker. Mm -hmm. Second of all, you got to forgive yourself. Anyone does. Third, God is the only presence power acting in me, through me, and around me. I'll say it again. God is, and whatever that word for somebody is, yep. creator, whatever, universe, God is the only presence and power acting in me, through me, and around me now and forever. And then bless everything. So it, what I'm sharing with people, there's a, uh, an aspect of the book, we go into viruses. And I have fascinatingly called the confused language, the Babel virus for 40 some years. Mm -hmm. So it's like, I mean, I didn't know what I was doing back then. I just, I knew it was a virus. I knew it was something. I didn't know what viruses were back then compared to what I know now. So right. I'm going to say my great self was helping me out on that. So Again, if everybody, if everybody can realize I can, I am, I will, I choose, I have, I love, I create, I enjoy are empowering phrases. I want, I can't, I don't know, I'm not quite sure, I feel afraid to do, to do, to do, are not wrong. They're just disempowering. Right, right. So love is the only thing, like I love it, I forgive, and, you know, love is forgiving. When I first heard this from Patricia's son, I was 27 years old, and she goes, love is forgiving and giving and giving. And I went, oh. So as we forgive and give and give, we become a radiant being again, a sun presence versus a contractive reactive presence. Mm -hmm. So if somebody did the virus based on fear, they activated more fear. They can forgive that. They can resurrect that. It's fascinating the number of heart issues, which are, have gone on for really effective, healthy sports people is, all right, we're going to have to love with all our heart. That's all there is to it. All heart stuff, one of the best things to do besides getting taken care of medically is I love with all my heart. Mm -hmm. So, again, visually, I got the second two books that came into the United States. Friend of mine, uh, Friends of mine from Sourcebooks were the sole importer of that book, and they sent me the first, the uh, uh, version one, version two of his book, uh, Emoto. And they said, this proves what you've been saying all these years. This is back in the 90s, somewhere in there. And so, I mean, when I studied, it was just like, wow, look at how toxic that picture looks of that water. And then look what just water, I love you, I bless you, I thank you, does. Yeah, it turns man. into this beautiful, balanced mandala. 
I, I'm glad you brought Dr. Emoto's work up because it really is astounding and powerful. And I think it's it's a it's another illustration of the principles that you're talking about. And I think it's I think because he's got those beautiful pictures in there, it for any visual learners, it's it's even that much more powerful. It's not just a book, he's got pictures. Um, and well, we have, we're in alignment on so many things, Bob. I so appreciate you coming on. Uh, what creative projects do you have coming up that you'd like our listeners to know about the name of the book that's coming out in a couple weeks? What is that and where do they find it? And then what else, what else would you like the listeners to know about before we close? All right. So my word made flesh, uh, it's the only one now that's available version two brand neutral mastery systems.com. Uh, and then we are training people in body language. Uh, bio-optical life. So when Emoto's work on the pictures of, you know, the crystals for water, I take photos of the eye and it's not iridology. I changed for me four decades ago into this thing called bio-optical So besides body language is always signaling every dig, itch, scratch, every symptom, whatever is a call to change something that's called a static state, like pain somewhere. So someone can get trained in sacred body language translation with us that's what I call it. And the next one is bio-opticalography, which is the map of our mission in life through our eyes. And the minute, this is what I love, Tony, the minute we change, really change, like feel the meaning in each word deeply enough, our eye structure will change. If mm. the eye didn't change, we didn't change the pattern. Mm. So we use before and after photos and, oh, it just, I mean, I... If somebody can see their own eyes with a little bit of translation from someone who knows what's going on and they can go, oh, I really can. So if somebody's got trapped plasma protein, protein, which is lymphatic rosary in the eye. That means they're they've they've been feeling a lot of it. it's hard and I can't. And their job, our greatest weakness shall be our greatest strength is, oh, I really can. If somebody's been struggling with lack, not enough, whatever money, energy supply. They're, they've been picking a goal too small for their great self. Their, their only job is to thrive. You can, so, tell, you can tell by the eyes if the transformation is taking root or taking hold? Yes, sir. Yeah, the eye will change as a person changes. It's huh. dynamic. That's interesting. I've never heard that before. That's really cool. Well, Bob, thanks so much for coming on Basecamp for Men and sharing your insight and your wisdom. It's super awesome to have you on the show. And I'm going to be recommending uh, your books and uh, your website. We'll do that in the outro. But thanks again for sharing your time. Uh, It was super great to meet you. And I loved everything you had to say today. Great being with you. I hope you enjoyed our interview with Robert Stevens. You can find Robert's excellent book and work at www.masterysystems.com. And if you've not read a book by Dr. Emoto, both Bob and I highly recommend his books on water and the impact of human thought, intention, and vibration to either positively or negatively affect the environment, ourselves, and one another. It's essential reading for seekers and mystics. And you can find most of Dr. Emoto's books on Amazon. Enjoy. If you find value in our show and wish to show us some love, we are now making that very easy to do. You simply go to www.basecampformen.com and click on Donate Support Basecamp. You'll find an easy way to make either monthly donations for as little as $5 a month, or you can donate just once. We love the monthly donation and hope to build this up over the coming months, but any show of support is greatly appreciated, honestly. Thank you for your support and for helping to keep Basecamp as a resource on your hero's journey. That's our show for today. Man, remember that the story of your life is not yet all told. I'm Tony Rezac, and thank you for listening to Base Camp for Men.